0: Have you wondered what it would be like to start your own homestead? It can feel intimidating to think about all the things that go into creating a successful homestead. This week we talk with BJ Homesteader and why he got into homesteading, how he developed his own land into a thriving homestead, and how he is now teaching others how to be successful in their own homestead. Living off the land is becoming more prevalent with grocery store shortages, depletion of egg supply and people simply want to live a healthier lifestyle. But getting started can feel intimidating. BJ has done extensive research from other cultures, has learned the science in soil maintenance and care, and loves sharing his knowledge. Join us as we get to hear from an expert at homesteading and find out how you can also get started in the homesteading process. So let's get started with our conversation with BJ Homesteader. All right. I'm so excited today to have you as my guest, BJ. You are such a, you're very modest with how much knowledge that you have in the homesteading world. And if anyone wants to learn about homesteading, I'm so thankful that you're here to share the information that you have. So welcome. Welcome. I'm so thankful welcome for to you. be
1: here. Thank you for having me, LaGarcia
0: absolutely so i want to start with the beginning like where did you grow up
1: uh mercy i was born actually in uh, danville indiana i was raised in detroit uh michigan Uh, a lot of traveling around when i was younger went to uh, indiana state university then made my way down to murray state university in uh, murray kentucky Uh, and obviously from there i've i'm in southern nashville now and uh Kind of a real quick story, you know, not really a whole lot to tell there.
0: What did you study at those universities?
1: Basics when I was, you know, younger. I started very young. Obviously, I'm near sixty now, 59. And um, when I started at younger age, it's just what everybody else was, basic uh, curriculum, trying to get get whatever I needed, uh, find my way. But eventually got over to Murray State, did some English, uh, started really improving in my grades and started noticing a little bit more about the academics that I was, um, I was doing well in that I did not see earlier. So that kind of inspired me at Murray State. Good teaching over there. And then moved on to um, Williamson Christian College, which is in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And um, kind of enjoyed, you know, getting into some theology and kind of worked my way through. Did a lot of studies in C.S. Lewis, uh, which I still do today. Really enjoyed that. But I got uh, into some religion studies, some history. I was a big uh, fan of history. And so, uh, yeah, I just went on and on and on and just kind of found my way. And uh, now we've got some developments going into, you know, um, conservation, um, environmentalism and stuff like that. Working with our homestead, Uh, a lot of nature, a lot of biology. And uh, I would have to say overall, the sciences, uh, that's what's really kind of gotten me. Later in years, uh, we all have our, our thing, and when we catch things. But I just started uh, through playing music most of my life, found myself on the other side of the spectrum of things where I did not really pay a lot of attention to nature in my earlier years. Traveling around, playing, and doing different things, working even in construction, we enjoyed doing a lot of different things. I was very active and moved around, hence different schools and whatnot. But when you're in school, sometimes uh, you don't know really what your your major is going to be. You know, you don't know really what you want to do until time. You know, you put more time into it, you really find yourself. That's kind of what my situation is in my story. I, at later years, I really started seeing things that I really kind of felt the good Lord was bringing to me in a more clear sense. Started, you know, releasing the veils from the eyes, as they say, and I was picking up things and I just found a love and an enjoyment. Got into homesteading. Did not realize I was going to get as in depth as I I have been, um, but it grew from there. Like everything else in my life, it just one step at a time. It just uh, I found myself gradually getting into areas that I were better suited for. Really enjoy it. Uh, everything's about nature, biology, the science. Uh, it's great. So there's a lot of folks out there that are into that. Some not so much. Uh, but homesteading, we're all natural. It has to do with everything with about you know raising as much that we possibly can on a natural sense, from our seeds to our animals, to all our, our plants. Our uh, horticulture is huge with us here. Then actually getting into our own supplements, our amendments, fertilizers, and everything's all natural. And so we just keep on keeping on and uh, probably will be doing this the rest of my life.
0: I love that. So when you started realizing you had this interest in homesteading, where did you go for information? Like where did you start with this whole learning process?
1: That's a... I mean, a really good question, uh, especially for me. Playing music, I traveled a lot. I had habits of not paying attention to my health. Many, many of us, uh, you, you're either catering, eating what they provide you, or you're stopping getting whatever. You're not really eating healthy. You know, Of course, drinking alcohol and different things. Not that I was obsessive, but there was just a constant routine of different uh, foods. Never paid much attention to that it became a normal routine for me. In the long run, I started getting sick. It wasn't uh, around 2015, I'd say 2014, 2015, I got real heavy, uh, obviously, and things just started to go south. And uh, long story short, just end up with a, uh, a serious case of pancreatitis. My, uh, my uh, chemicals just, re- you know, enzymes completely out of whack. I had no clue what was going on. Well enough knowing, you know, the whole idea of you know why I was sick until my doctors really started to bring that to my attention. I think that one of the biggest things, other than my physical state, was my my intellectual absence in the whole thing. Is I did not really know. Um, that bothered me. It bothered my family. And when I started seeing the reflection of everything that was going on with me and how it was affecting the family, especially my wife Lisa, it um, she she had to step up and start taking care of me. And uh, you know. I'm pretty young, uh, at this time, dealing with something that I uh, should have known better. But uh, it was an eye-opening experience with my health and with the overall uh, physical experience of being down and watching other people take care of you. And when I realized that I did not have the answers and I was barely understanding kind of what the doctors were telling us as they were, we were taking tests, trying to, you know, you know, discern exactly how this thing came about. Which a lot of people are dealing with today. I got a really close friend right now that's coping with this in California. So I immediately got into the books. Lisa and I, when we came home, we just got into every kind of medical book that we felt that we needed to. This is way before homesteading even became an idea. Um, we just needed to get ourselves into a better pattern uh, of nutrition. Uh, Lisa completely took everything out of the house and was working on getting the proper you know, uh, items in the house that I would be eating on a regular basis, and it took a while. So it was nutrition. Uh, it was actually getting into the books. A, a lot of folks do this when they're experiencing uh, adversity or something in their life. They try to find out. Uh, they try to better their knowledge on what's going on. And that was really where I was at. I wanted to know, first of all, what it was, how I could treat it myself, what I needed to do to just turn my basic life habits around and um, you know try to live a normal life. And then after that, one thing after the other kept coming up, and it came up. Pretty quickly, uh, we immediately started going into gardening to raise foods after we were reading and learning natural ways, natural remedies, um, just about everything that you would buy in a store, vegetables, produce, and everything. We were finding out more information, even asking people in certain stores and management where that particular food come from. We were really shocked by how many people that worked in the actual corporate industry did not have no idea where that food came from. Um, yeah. It was mostly routine. So we were like, that was kind of an eye-opener as well. Like, we're, we're buying food from you. Does anybody have really any general idea where this comes from? Are you just here to you know clock in and clock out, get a paycheck? And we were seeing more and more of that. So that kind of triggered us to go to other stores that we had normally been purchasing our foods from. Just kind of inquisitive, just asking questions. And the lack of knowledge in those areas, we started seeing something that we didn't see before. That uh, that triggered more looking into things for us. So, started contacting companies, started asking questions that I never did before, and then that triggered you know the education, and so we started to to make some changes in our own homestead life here, and that's where it all began was nutrition just by being sick. Wow,
0: yeah, people don't realize that we don't pay attention to where the food comes from. We just buy it, and that information's not out there. It's just. Really surprising, and you have an amazing wife. You know, kudos for her for stepping up and and just she's so wonderful and just realizing, hey, we need to make a change, and and just supporting you through that all.
1: Funny thing is, Lisa actually had a lot of knowledge that I did not have from her prior history. Uh, she grew up in a completely different environment and atmosphere than I did. It's because we are just the opposite. I was the young city boy, and she was the, the young country girl, and. Uh, Quite a story. We've got quite a testimony there. As as we've covered a lot of ground before all this even took place. Yeah, we feel that uh, you know God brings you together for reasons. And uh, I've done a lot of learning off of Lisa uh, and hence vice versa. I'm one that is I love education. Uh, I'm what they call that professional student. I'll always be learning something. I'll never stop reading and looking into things, uh, especially after I've gone through. I'm, I'm just really wanting to know what I need to do to better my performance or to better my knowledge. And so as we have our operation today, we have so many things going on, it requires that. Uh, we are constantly experimenting with new things, new, uh, new plants, um, we're all about native uh, native soils. I'm all big about my soil regeneration. So when these things tie in uh, to the science and the biology, you've really gotta be on the ball. You gotta start looking and looking and looking. If you want better plants, you want better soil? And I'm, I'm a driver. So Lisa and I, we've combined a lot of who we are. We're Like I said, we're just the opposites on many things, but we have come together on the homestead program as husband and wife like uh, I would have never expected. We love what we do, we love each other tremendously. Uh, the command center, as an example in our house, is the biggest operation. Uh, she operates that, and every project that I've created over the years that has made this homestead what it is has to run through the command center. Uh, she. There's the food preparation. She's all about the food logistics and everything. The cooking, of course, uh, the, uh, there's just so much going on within um, the command center as all these projects from our poetry to the rabbits to the to the gardens and everything that comes in through here, it's rather incredible. So I've simplified that as we started the very first four years when we decided we were even looking into uh, the idea of homestead. Uh, I said, I'm going to put together a four-year Uh, program. I have a syllabus for just about every single year. And I said, let's see if we are able to do this, if we really want to truly do this. And I gave us an adequate amount of time, four years, that included finances, right on down the line to growing to the sciences. I've got an amazing water diffusion system here that is second to none. Uh, We do not drink anything chemicals. It's all been filtered and produced. Uh, These programs that I've been building over the years is something that we needed to see. Because the intellectual parts important is how long can you obtain something? How long can you maintain it? Really? Do you want to do you like what you do for long term or is it something just short term? There's a lot of people get on YouTube and they talk a lot about this that, and another but then after so long You don't see them any longer or they can't really hold up uh, This is something that I'm, I'm adamant about is the education finding who you are finding what you're capable of and what you really like to do uh, It's part of it and as the years go by quickly uh, you will find out that it's like a speeding train. Once that thing starts to take off, uh, there's no turning back. You've got to be able to keep yourself up uh, education wise and and need t- to enjoy what you're doing, retain what you're doing and and step outside the box. Don't do what everybody else is doing. You know, try to create your own you know logic, uh, experimentations to see what works for you. Lisa and I have been through that. She's doing more now, even from the very many years ago. when We were dealing with all the sickness. Uh, she has improved so much by just the nutrition, what comes through the house. We've advanced our herb gardens now. There is so much going on. We produce our own herbal medic- medicinals. Uh, we're constantly studying what's the best thing for us one step at a time. The poultry has just gone crazy. It's, it's really been something to see. How I'm growing my poultry all naturally uh, in a holistic greenhouse that a lot of people don't see nowadays. I got that from Sweden um, from people that are so advanced in other countries uh, th- This is what en- what en- Engrossed me into really wanting a homestead that was going to be authentic And it was going to be effective and I could not have told you years ago that I had a clue how to start any of this it was just one process at a time learning how to find what really worked for me and that I enjoyed it and if you want to be a student then you know you want to enjoy what you're doing it'll encourage you to look more into it that's the way it was years ago doctors were botanists they were really good at what they did they were constantly looking always intrigued about things and there's so much to learn out there so I won't even cover everything before I leave this earth but while I'm in the process where I'm at right now I've got an excellent partner just happens to be my wife, we throw things off at each other, we try things, Uh, we're very careful Uh, when it comes to things orally, when we're taking things, I will always try things before she does, Uh, diatomaceous earth was one good example, baking soda is pretty much common sense, many people know about the different minerals, sulfurs, and different things that you can apply to your nutrition, and I wanted to make sure that I saw a difference, good difference with me before she tried them, And, and over the years. That's just how it works. Uh, you, you, you put the time into it. Don't just copycat or try to something somebody else has done. It may not necessarily work for you. It's like you know our, our, our health, all our biological systems are somewhat different. Uh, and it takes a little longer for some people to see responses than others. Like, We've got to be knowledgeable about stuff like that. You know, Terveca is a good university I've done some time with up here. Wonderful teaching, excellent teaching here in Nashville. Education is everything. Like I said, if you're wanting to do whatever program, if it's homesteading, if it's home farming, if it's just agriculture in general, horticulture, uh, etymology, I love the bugs. Um, find a way to do one step at a time from ground up that works for you, an education program. Create some kind of a syllabus that you can complete uh, step by step and then go one year at a time and advance it as you go and then apply them. That's the ticket for me is make sure that you can holistically find a common ground where everything will link together and it'll become like a well-oiled machine. Don't just throw things together and don't just do something that you like and it doesn't really show compatibility to something else because my soil regeneration and my greenhouse, the animals are in the greenhouse. There's many things that's going on within that greenhouse. It's a supplemental gardening. Then we do have with the, uh, the earthbound gardens, which are our BTEs, uh, our layered gardenings, our leguminous layer gardenings. They're different, but yet they work together you have to really be able to put that time into uh, the math and the research. Uh, just don't watch it on TV. Like I said, a lot of people get in a habit that there is good education. There is good folks out there that want to reach out and use uh, you know, platforms like um, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Patreon, etc. And that's great. Uh, you've got to be selective of who that is, especially when you're in a natural setting. That is huge because uh, everything conventional out there goes against everything that's natural. Uh, That's one of the first bases I would encourage people to look into is depending on where you want to go If you want to just jot down to the big box stores and just throw together something that looked really great off of YouTube uh, And stay in a conventional type of format. That's one thing But if you're going to learn how to do things naturally, it's almost like being a veterinarian You've got to read the signs of those animals. You've got to be able to up your game Uh, intellectually and find out what works for you because you've got to watch nature as it is. Um, There's a lot there to talk about when it comes to nature. So yes I am all about being an environmentalist and conservation is huge. Uh, The animals um, we are huge about uh, the finances. Uh, The second year in our four-year program I started up the second uh, uh, the financial program and um well god blessed us in that that was incredible because i was i was very diligent i wanted to discipline us both i said look we're going to do this we're going to set up a program we're going to have to really work hard to stick to it so that program the financial program was to get out of debt not just work on the finances but there was an overall goal and we at the end of that year got out of debt and that point which like a holistic part of education. Really helped the other parts later on coming in years because we were it enabled us to do things then if we were in debt, it would have held us back. So we worked hard that second year, focused on our finances and all sorts of different methods. Everybody will have theirs if they work on something like that, because it's to each his own. But your your overall focus is to find out what you need conservatively, what you don't need, live within your means, get rid of things that you don't need. If you're really wanting a homestead or looking to that type of life transition, there's things that you have to remove from your life in order to gain the good things that will help you see production. And so that was one of them right off the bat and we got that done and boy I can tell you uh, all the years after that thank God that we did that we successfully went through the four years obviously nutrition finances we went through a lot of construction learning about gardening horticulture in the third years and really push 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 but we got I mean I ordered books from people all over the world I started with a lot of folks in America a lot of engineers and people who constructed things for gardening that uh, actually grew I got more into the natural organic type uh, of gardening at that time because I was really seeing the difference but I was also noticing too across the waters there there was a lot going on I mean I was really picking up a lot of ideas from Africa most of my gardening from England a lot of my poultry from Africa uh, hydroponics from Australia I can go on and on and on there is so much going on uh France a tremendous amount of gardening going on over there Many of these countries have been doing this far longer than we have, and uh, they're exercising a lot of interesting ideas and new innovative ways to create uh, things easier for you to do that, whether you're going to go into market gardening, types of equipment for the types of load that you're wanting to carry, or just down to the simple, you know, small half acre or quarter acre gardener that somebody has limited space to grow on, which is where I'm at. I'm all about uh, uh, recycling. Um, using what you have, uh, trying to convert. Uh, don't throw things away if you know that you see something and you have a vision that you can turn this bucket or can or 55-gallon barrel into something. Absolutely, there's no need going out spending a lot of money, which we all know now with the inflation and economy uh, change that we've seen. It makes it really difficult to go and buy the things that you need. So look for recycling. Try to be, you know, think outside the box. I'm constantly. You know, recycle, which is the same thing as turnover. My ground, I learned that a lot of that from the soils. Is everything is really right there? It's just how we manage it. You don't have to keep buying a bunch of stuff to put in it. So you, then you start learning how to manage things a lot better. So yeah, education, management, and and just putting your best foot forward is uh, the best way to see production. But you really got to have a heart in it. You got to love it, and it takes time to do that. So and I'm probably talking too much now. So. I hope that with all that, I answered that question.
0: No, not at all. No, this is great information. And I appreciate when you say that when you started, you knew nothing. And I think that's where when people come to you to learn from you, you just have this very humble approach because you recall when you knew nothing compared to the time and effort that you put into learning what you know now. And with y'all starting with just gardens, did you have the current property you're on on now? Or did you like seek out different property?
1: No, I had some, uh, uh, some property in Kentucky Uh, I started back doing gardening, kind of hit and miss back then. I was doing other things uh, for a living while I was kind of trying to mix in my gardening. I tried to get back to that more, but it was more conventional back then. We are in South Nashville. Uh, We've actually got into more of the natural and organic gardening over this last decade here and started to really see things Uh, and and especially after I really started after uh, I got sick and we really pushed that nutrition we got into the education to know exactly where to target certain things uh, certain seeds, heirloom seeds and how to produce that food so it, it, um, without going into too, too much, you know information there uh it's just basically trying to find one step at a time your basis and what you're looking for and let it grow and that's what we did so the less we were buying the more we were growing we were looking more into natural plants we did notice i documented over the years uh that was a good thing from when we first started all the different plants the gardens so i could monitor what we were doing you can see it And so today, uh, this year, i got a big year coming up. We are excited about some of the things that we're going to take from all those years, and we're going to uh, um, bring these things all together. Uh, We are so pumped because we're constantly learning something new. We're antsy about trying something new and experimenting with this because we're pretty positive. We've got a faith-based attitude. We know that uh, this was all brought to us by a higher source, but we are also letting ourselves know that we're excited, and uh, it's all about experimentation. We know it's going to work. So we enjoy it. So uh, we watch the seeds, we watch the plants, full rotation. Uh, that's been one of the biggest things is we don't plant in the same place all the time. We are constantly moving around. We're constantly putting in new gardens. My container garden, second to none, we are always moving them around, which obviously enables you to do that for that complementary gardening. So you're just, you're always on the move and you're looking for that better product every year, that better garden, the better florals. Our florals is one of the biggest things also because um, we can go into that subject uh, very carefully. It's our etymology. The bugs are really a big deal. Uh, we're seeing a lot of them. They're depleting. If you work hard to work on your property to get those florals in, the types of florals you need, um, your annuals, your perennials, you will, you will acclimate those bugs back. They will commute back to you, but you've got to put the time into doing that by knowing what, what it is that you're needing. You can move rosettes around for different things. Uh, they're, you know what I'm saying? You can you can put your bulbs where you need to put them, but you need to also understand is what is that natural plant? Look at your native land. Study your history. Find out what's in your particular location that's always been there that's going to be the best grower for you. You can also learn how to add to that. But consider those bugs. Those bugs will come in, and, and uh, that will help us out tremendously to get those pollinators back. So our florals is a lot about etymology. So that study went in. I just love that. I, I love the bugs. I started learning after one bug, after the other, like a kid. Uh, you know, it, it's just a wonderful uh, habitat when you're bringing everything together and you're seeing things start to work. So that's our plan.
0: We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will hear more from our guest, BJ, and the research that he has put into learning about homesteading. We want to give thanks to our supporter Girl Boss Copywriter. Girl Boss Copywriter provides website copy, email sequences, blogs. If you have a website and the words on that website were created by your cousin Danny back in 1992, it may be time to have someone come in and do a little refresher. Girl Boss Copywriter offers a free 30 minute consultation where she will. Audit your website and give you three very useful tips on what changes you can make to help you connect with your ideal clients. If you're interested in a 30 minute free consultation to have your website audited, go to GirlbossCopywriter.com and contact them to find out more. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We return with B.J. generously sharing a lot of details regarding what it takes to get into homesteading, and how he is helping others become successful with their own homestead.
1: Try to do better every single year, and we'll do that from here on. Oh, that's yeah, that's
0: so exciting. That's really is exciting. So, what drew you to Africa? Like you've you've referenced Africa. Like, what drew you there, and what have you learned from from how they do things there?
1: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, another good question. Uh, When we started off with poultry, uh, like everything, you're not gonna be perfect. It's hit and miss. Uh, Years ago, Lisa and I, we knew that uh, we wanted to go ahead and look into the poultry. Um, Of course, what breeds, how we were going to start that. I've got pictures from when we started way back. Um, And some things when you start out, they're just not pretty. But when you look back now, our operation now is incredible. That really is, overwhelming and it's really uh, heartfelt when you look back on the pictures when you first started you 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 see things that really uh, that uh, resonate to what you're doing today and we remember the times when we had our failures and we had our mistakes so it was constantly researching constantly looking for how can we do this better how can we do that better and i stumbled across uh, i think it was a documentary of uh, how many of, of the uh, the folks in africa and all, all over Africa. I mean, you got Kenya. There's just so many different locations that when you look into other countries, you really got to look into them. Look into them deep. Find out exactly where you, and when they started certain programs and how they were doing things. Because, I mean, they've been doing them far longer than we have. And I was struck by a, a group of folks that were actually showing how to construct their, their poultry operation just out of rock and mud. Uh, It was almost uh, geothermal in a way, and and how they were naturally building their structures because of the climate that's over there. But they've always raised some of the best animals for the longest time with other animals, uh, predators around them. And so I was noticing how, um, with some construction experience I had, that as simple as they were building things, they were raising these animals uh, long-term. Then I saw the rotation of how they were doing things. So I thought, well, if I use what I have here, very similar to how they were using it over there, I thought i will give it a try. So I started putting in more foundations, block foundations to emulate the stones, and um, I don't use mortar. Uh, I can move my buildings around, which is, odd to some people that I've got large buildings here now and after a while if I want to I can add to them pick them up move them but I got them on an inclined plane to where the animals are actually within the ground and they can move around they stay cool in the summer and they stay warm in the winter because I've got a second to none vermiculture outfit going on inside there and they get in there and they work it I keep rotating that in there so they've always got the nutrients and the bacteria and the enzymes and all the worms that's in there, those microbials are are, are just are incredible to how your your poultry will respond to you. We just had a very serious winter clip, uh, very cold here in, in Nashville just uh, a few weeks back, and it was uh, kind of rare that we could see uh, cold come in like that, and it hit pretty hard. We had no problem at all. So we've seen an, an improvement with our operation over the years from when we first started. Now, I'm sure that, you know, with our first operations, things today as the climate does change is a big factor of everything on natural homesteading we probably would have seen different results but because I stayed with it I stayed diligent and I kept looking and I kept trying to figure out how I could better this and better that I started going into more of uh, the kennels uh, on top the foundations It's, it's very similar when you go into a zoo and you see how they construct everything for all the animals and I'm able to build onto that they're very strong and then I started wrapping them with different materials and then I Now we got the greenhouses inside. So you basically have a combination of a high tunnel, greenhouse, uh, animal structures all together mixed in one, but you've got to know exactly, like they did in Africa, how they were able to do that based on the climate. And they sustained their, uh, their chickens and their animals very well. It may look different here, same concept, but that's what I was after. And so I just kept improving on that idea from Africa, always went back to look for innovative things that they're doing over there. They're really up on their animals. Uh, their animal husbandry—I'm telling you—that's where you want to get some good information. Like I said, in England, if you want some great gardening, they've been doing it forever. Botany's huge. I mean, if you're wanting to know how to get right down to it, try to find a source. Uh, most people wouldn't think that Australia—that hydroponics would be something that would be—you um, would find it in a, in a country like that. Absolutely, they are top-notch. There's some things going on. I grow some of the best fodder through a hydroponic system. That i've ever grown in my life I come from uh, australia uh, because of their climate because of their their environment a lot of times we don't realize there's a lot of advancement going on in these countries japan is incredible what these folks are coming up with and so for me, I, we do have wonderful people here in America, but I've just pretty much seen things for me that reach outside the borders of America that's been going on for a long time that really got my attention, and that's how I am where I'm at today. I still consult with people in America. Uh, we have wonderful friends in America. America is stepping up their game, but many of the things that's going on was before America was even here. Uh, there's a lot going on that I think that we can all work together on to make our operations better. But we definitely need to recognize there's some people that have been doing what we've been doing for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. And it's better to go learn from those who have been doing it for a long, long time to see what we can take away. And clearly you've done your research and learned from those people. And I will say your chicken house is incre- or your space for your chickens is really impressive. When I had the opportunity to visit your farm, it was a pretty hot day. And when we walked in there, like there was a temperature shift. And it, it, it when I walk into a typical lake habitat for chickens, there's like an odor, a very distinct odor. And that doesn't exist in your space. It's very clean for your hens. You have very, very happy chickens.
1: Yeah. And it's um, since you've been here, it is four times bigger now. We have wow. advanced that, that unit and we've added more things to it. So hopefully soon we'll be able to have you back and yeah. let you see what's going on now. Like I said, every year, Uh, Just expect if you come back, something's going to change. We're always adding on to something here. We're always looking for another nugget. Uh, It's improved immensely. Speaking of people in America, uh, a lot of people are looking for um, literature education. Um, A good source is Joe Salaston. He has been around for a long time. A lot of people uh, are aware of Joe Salaston. There's many folks that are out there that have gotten those years. Um, He is one that, like us, he does many things. He doesn't just do one thing, just raise animals. He's very good on his poultry. He's very good on many things, also his education and his presentation. He knows how to let people know what is the real deal, uh, and he's got the backing to do that. So we do have people here in our own ground. Uh, territory of the United States that are good educators. Um, If somebody are looking for sources, uh, I believe he's got some YouTube material, just look for the the books. Look for what he's individually put out as an author and um, put that in your library. Look for those specific authors, those specific people that you know for a fact. If you're wanting to raise poultry, if you're wanting to do gardening, if you're wanting to uh, combine, if you're wanting to do hydroponics, that's a whole A whole different uh, entity of work, Uh, it takes a little practice to get used to. Knowing how to put that together, if you're wanting to sustain the 365 growing process, that is really smart. We got a lot of people in Canada. I get a lot of information on in uh, the hydroponics department as well. Um, but uh, check out those locations, Australia, and those leads. There's some very smart people all around the on the road, all around the globe. Excuse me, that can really provide you for those nuggets that you're trying to obtain, so you can at least feel that you're being reachable on the things that you want to grow and that you're seeing that production. It's got to be reachable. Don't make it impossible for you to do something. There's a lot of folks that don't have a lot of space and land to do certain things, but they want to do this thing that they see everybody doing. There's ways of going about it. I am really big on on tight spaces and trying to share with people how you can do things we do hydroponic towers. I, I build all sorts of things you can put on your terrace. That's part of what homesteading is about. You're, you're constantly thinking and coming up and, and using different experiments to, to do all sorts of things to be effective and productive especially for people in our world today that we're seeing a lot of change that just don't have the capabilities so whether they just want to be an enthusiast and want to pick up a book and read it and they just enjoy that that's fine if they want to see a video there's like I said a lot of people on YouTube and there's a lot of you know platforms that provide that be very selective Uh, that's all I can tell you with who you look for that are actually doing what they're doing and, and how they've got come to doing what they're doing many people have great testimonies as yourself um, that's where I look for it because uh, I want to feel like, you know what, I'm in it to win it. Uh, this is something that I'm going to do the rest of my life and uh, I want to make sure that we don't waste seeds. We, we're here to grow seeds because you can see it as Monsanto, you know, as a big deal going on right now with seeds, grow your own seeds. You can produce those. You can, you can make the best heirloom seeds year after year after year. They get better. You see your crops get better. When you get into seed saving, that's a completely different operation, learning how to do that, how to stratify, how to propagate, how to learn, how to manage getting those seeds in so you can have the best gardens possible out there. Other than that, you'll be going every year like a conventional gardener, and they got to go buy this and buy that. And, you know, you can look at things on a more conservative note, but you do have to put in the time. Uh, like I said, a veterinarian, he does a little bit more different um, study and, and practice in order to work with the animals, opposed to somebody who just prescribes you a medication. So um, look for those people that, are, that have value and that are legit.
0: And I'm noticing there's a shift happening like people are realizing I can grow a garden in my my own kitchen I can grow like they're finding ways like you're saying and if there's someone with an interest of homesteading and and making that shift do you teach workshops or work with people like are they able to come to you and like sign up for a workshop to learn
1: we we've not started a sign-up program. We've given I've given m- many different workshops because we do so many different things um, I'm a hands-on guy. So I love being on my homestead uh, I'm getting at an age where We've talked about that quite a bit. How do we get information out? Um, for there's a lot of people have been requesting and asking I get a lot of emails um, in, in that respect um, but then again, you've got to start reaching outside the box. That's become a topic of, you know, how often do we want to get out? When, uh, that can be, a, you know, a process. That's almost like if you're a market garden. Um, if you want to go into market gardening, you better think about the business. Uh, obviously, you're going to grow. That's what you're going to market. And if you like to grow and you like to spend time with your plants, you need to understand that you might need to get somebody in business to help you market that. Because if you're going to try to wear all these hats, uh, this can be a challenge, and it can affect your actual your your project, your operation. Uh, make it reachable. Make things to where you can handle them. If we're going to go out, if you're going to go out and you're going to share some discernment and get out there and let people know what you do, um, plan it, schedule it according to what makes it um, – easy for you and still uh acceptable for the operation that you originally started with don't don't start taking yourself away a lot of people want to get into market gardening and they want to get into the money but then what happens is it starts to drift and turn into this you got to really really be careful of that you got to Remember your grounds where you started at and what, what is your plan. My wife and I, she, uh, she has a lot to say about what goes on around here. That's what I love about it. And so we bring our ideas together. So therefore, as we're moving with our experiments and we're looking into advancing things, we are very delicate and uh, very conservative of how we do that, so it doesn't take us away from the actual plan that we started to begin with. So again, we're faith-based, uh, we pray about it, and uh, if we feel that it's something that's put on our hearts, then we look uh, at where we go. We have the discretion to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. That's the idea of getting out of debt uh, from the very beginning. You, you open up a playing field for you to be able to enjoy your homestead more because you're allowing yourself to make things reachable. So if you need to go off and plan a trip uh, personally, or if you're going to plan a trip for a workshop, you've got to manage it and plan it according to how it doesn't affect everything and you got to keep that operation going so holistically that's why things need to link together so it makes it so much easier if you don't have things holistically tied together then you're running around trying to take care of everything but if they're all working together as a fine-tuned machine it enables you to obviously have that time to maybe reach out take a plane trip make do a workshop uh, set things up if you want to um, be gone for a few days a week depending on what your operation demands Uh, Or if you have other people working with you on your operation that allows you to do that. So everybody's homesteads are different. I've always been an advocate for that. There's never going to be one ever the same. Uh, There's similarities to many of them. Uh, So your time is of essence. If you want to be able to go out and, and express more education and incorporate that in your homestead, that's fine. If that's going to be some form of an income coming in, many people do that. That's fine lisa and i are more about the homestead uh so we do everything but we do it very carefully we manage it uh within a timing that it does not affect one another there's no demands uh we so if that makes it easier to understand yes we do but we do it with, with discretion we do it very carefully
0: yeah and you have a patreon where people can sign up you want to share that a little bit in case there's someone out there listening who wants to learn learn from you
1: right we started patreon not, not really a year ago, and uh, that's something new for us, again, we're trying to bring in certain things uh, that makes it easier for us to still be here to provide on Patreon if they wanna support us uh, and look into what we're, we're still growing and adding to Patreon. Uh, I put on as much content as I can every month on there, so there is constantly something going on there that is, is exclusive just for the patrons and we are going to be adding to that. We would like to be able to start uh, incorporating mini videos and certain things, I don't want to spend a ton of time editing until we know that we can move our way into that we we have so much going on but with patreon we felt that that was a good match uh considering other bases Um, And so that's what we're going to look into. Hopefully this year, if things work out well, we're going to be adding more and more content. And uh, we have considered even selling more merchandise. We have sold merchandise and things we've done because I'm also a carpenter. And uh, we wanted to incorporate that as well. But Lisa is also an artist. We were in the bus industry for many, many years. So we've done a lot of custom work. So we've got a, a little extra, you know, something that we want to put out there and we thought that's something that is about us as well as a homesteaders workshop that a lot of homestead did back in the day they created and did a lot of things Lisa and I are very gifted in that area so we thought when the time comes we'll actually put that out there at patreon and market those and be able to share some of the things we authentically create and build here and how that pertains to some project or operate you know uh, or, or um, uh, the whole operation altogether. so we want to uh, to look at it as you know This is what you're going to get from the Homesteaders Workshop. There's so many different homesteads that are out there that are trying that. I think it's a great idea if you're wanting to share. Um, And and for people who like what you have or they can learn from what you have, Patreons a good a good base. Um, we've uh, pulled away from Facebook. We've had Facebook for many years. I've even went back to an old site that I had and started sharing off of that. But with the algorithms and a lot of changes that we're all seeing today, um, I went to a personal one. Uh, the two was Patreon and MeWe. MeWe has been an incredible base, um, mainly because of uh, uh, it is very private. Uh, they've got the bill of rights to that. Uh, I think that's something everybody needs to look into because we are literally sharing with people on MeWe on uh, discussing content and all sorts of things that we don't have to worry about on Facebook that are being that's being monetized. Uh, Google the same. Um, we have to use these things to some degree, but we need to use them with discretion. But MeWe is extremely private. Never had a problem with that. We're able to share one on one. Even videos, little video clips, if they if they want to catch me in the garden, I'm able to still work and still use the phone to be able to do different things. Um, that has been really, really handy to have, and we know that's always protected. And Patreon, yeah, we're looking, if you're wanting to be a patron, uh, like a lot of the, um, uh, the creators there, that's a good place to start. If you've got something that you're wanting to put out there that you think, while well, you're doing what you're doing, so you don't have to travel as much. Um, but it is a good source uh, to adding to your operation in many different ways. Uh, Patreon has been very creative. And, and see, that's another thing. They're always looking for something to get a step up. And I like that. That's a, it's an organization that makes it so good for artists, for, for whatever you're doing to put out there. Whether you want to sell something, share something um and they protect it pretty well for the most part i mean it's really a good platform to use so we're going to be trying to put more on that we just started it um and we're looking forward to seeing where that goes in the future and hopefully that will be able to provide what we do if people are interested in what we do they're more than welcome to jump on there and you know enjoy and also communicate with it
0: yeah absolutely and i'll Yes, and I'll make sure those links are included in the show notes and when we get these posted because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who want to know more. I know you are short on time and I really appreciate you being here. You've got a lot to do because you've always got something going on. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and taking time for, for me and for sharing your information. And I'm just grateful for everything that you have learned and your willingness to share.
1: Lucretia, you're so professional and you're, you're the best. We appreciate you allowing us to be here with you, sharing time. And we look forward to you coming down and spending time with us as well.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to come back.
1: Absolutely. Talk to you soon, darling.
0: All right. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, Yes, and I'll make sure those links are included in the show notes and when we get these posted because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who want to know more. I know you are short on time and I really appreciate you being here. You've got a lot to do because you've always got something going on. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and taking time for, for me and for sharing your information and I'm just grateful for everything that you have learned and your willingness to share. Yeah, I can't wait to come back. All right, sounds good. That's all for this week. Next week we talk to Dr. Thomas Eiliff, a world-renowned cave diver, former marine biology professor at Texas A&M, and an internationally known marine researcher.
1: I went to see ancient towns and castles and all sorts of things. So. I went there three times, and while I was there, they didn't have any diving, and so I taught not only the first scuba diving course ever in Romania, but also the first cave diving course.
0: Wow. And we
1: went to um, a cave that was out in the Transylvanian Alps in wintertime, there was snow on the ground, and uh, we went diving in these caves and teaching scuba diving in these caves in in Transylvania.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I want to give a shout out to our listeners in Belgium. We appreciate you joining us. Please do follow us on your podcast app so that you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was produced, researched, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. I'm Lucretia, and you have been listening to Journey to the Rise.